Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kobe, the other night you had a dream and it happened to come through tonight. It came true tonight, huh? We worked so hard. It was a hard-fought game, and we finally got a championship, and it feels great. For your 21 years, you said you've always dreamed to win a championship. Is it what you dreamed of? Oh, it's everything and more. I mean, you have the, the Lakers colors falling from the ceiling, the fans going crazy. It feels great. No feeling quite like this, is it? Woo, I love it. This would be 18 for 20 from the line, and an 81-point game. 55 in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. He has been great. And on his final night, he has six 60-point games in his career. 60. The Lakers close out Kobe Bryant's career with a win and one of the great farewell performances in any sport at any time today for basketball fans kobe represented the sport that we all love so much like very few others have. in tribute to kobe bryant as we've seen in san antonio earlier tonight these teams respectively will take a 24 second violation our feature presentation Morning, everybody. It's a uh, brand new Kevin in the morning with Allie and Jensen. It is Monday morning, the twenty seventh of January. It's it it is one of those days in it, and I'm not sure in LA we faced it ever. I, I do remember when Magic Johnson was diagnosed with AIDS. Yeah. It felt sort of like a ghost town a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even this morning, I saw a bunch of buses, like city buses, and they all had just go Lakers as the digital screen up top, which is I, I assume something that's not on every bus right. going through the city. Uh, it is a very odd, uh, awful collective day here. And it's very strange to come in and do like morning radio and be funny. Like, we, you know, last night we were sort of all on a group chat and talking and I was like, how do you do a phone topic where it's like, have you been haunted by a pet? You know what I mean? Like, it's very... <laughs> is that today? I, well, we really wanted it to be. Um, but it is, it's very strange. Yeah. You don't, you don't... And I saw a friend from high school tweet this morning. It feels like someone died in our family. How do you just sort of ignore you didn't know him? You know what I mean? And that 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 is for LA. We've known him since he was like 18. Yeah, true. Very his entire career here, yeah. which doesn't happen very often. And we've went up through, you know, the guy was a very complicated man. You know, there was things to praise clearly and things to not praise. And I think that that journey that we went through with him, it, it doesn't feel complete to lose him so abruptly. Yeah. And in such kind of like a odd, unpredictable way. Yeah. Very strange. He sort of came across to me, maybe maybe this is just the way we looked at him, but he sort mm. of came across to me as bigger than life, yeah. maybe a superhero. So if that's the case, then how does it just end like that, like it would with the rest of us? You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a little bit harder to get your head around. And then to learn of his daughter uh, yeah, is devastating. 
uh, and the coach and 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 everyone else who was on that plane. It just it's not. It's uh, you know, a lot of people usually when a celebrity dies, you don't think about the tons of other people who die every day. But yeah. in a situation like this, it's like anytime I hear a fam, I mean, this is it's a tragic situation, Kobe Bryant or not. It just it seems uh, very difficult to wrap my brain around. And I can't imagine as a parent losing my husband and daughter. Yeah. That was that's the brutal thing that I don't think maybe she'll ever get past. No. Yeah. And all day it was, you know, misinformation after misinformation on the news, yeah. on Twitter. It wasn't just a Twitter thing where people were saying, oh, Rick Fox is the one. There was a guy on ABC that said his whole family was on the on the plane. It was just one thing after another, so you weren't really sure who to believe. But we did find out nine people were on that helicopter. It was Kobe, his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, goes by Gigi, Gianna's basketball teammate, Alyssa Altabelli, her father, John Altabelli, who's the baseball coach at Orange Coast College, Alyssa's mother, Carrie Altabelli, they're leaving behind two more kids. Yeah. So a brother and a sister just lost their whole family. Um, a woman named Christina Mauser, who's a basketball coach at nearby Harbor Day School in Orange County, that's the school that Gigi um, attended. It was a K-8 through school. And then a middle school student named Peyton Chester and his mother, Sarah Chester, and the pilot, Ara Zobian. So that's just a list of people that are now gone, not even to mention the hundreds of people in their orbit yeah, whose lives are forever yeah. changed. I, I, this is the first I'd really heard of the other. I, I go to sleep early, obviously, so I had never known about the middle schooler or the other coach. Yeah. Is, is the middle schooler part of the team or we don't know? It doesn't say Got it. here. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I was reading a, a Washington Post article also uh, this morning about the coach, about uh, Antebelli, and, and, and the Washington Post called him the Kobe Bryant of college baseball, I, which I would never have known that he was like a very, mm -hmm. I mean, he has 700 victories in 27 seasons, four state titles. He coached several baseball players who went on to the major leagues. Um, so, and then I, I told you guys as I walked in, The Athletic wrote an amazing article on Gigi and how her career was sort of destined for WNBA. And, and I mean, it, it, the one thing I would say about this whole situation, even with, I, I was listening to that ABC report that said the family had passed away yeah. and i was i mean danielle just started bawling immediately when she heard it i, I was I, and then to find out that was not the report was so reckless um and twitter i always assume is reckless but to have these other things going on where we're able to uh pay tribute to the coach and the daughter and i mean it does feel like there's some progress in not just making it this shiny uh, celebrity death that TMZ may be reported too early like there is it's it feels like the community at least in los angeles is looking at this as uh, more than just Kobe Bryant in a, in a tragic, tragic yeah, situation. Good. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, this morning's show, shall we? Let's give it one more try. Let's get back in the groove. Uh, we'll try. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll give you a chance to call in about Kobe a little bit later on this morning. We have Matt Money Smith. Who and did... have you been haunted by a pet? No, that's... Call in. I think, one we're, no. we're, I think we're bumping that. Okay. I don't think that's on today's That's fine. Show. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Matt Money Smith, who did the pregame and the uh, halftime and postgame for the Lakers for, I don't know, four or five years, yeah. mm -hmm. will join us as well. Uh, comedian Russell Peters joins us in studio. Yes. So that's coming up, too. We'll take a break, and we will come back with what's happening next. Kevin in the Morning with Allie and Jensen. LANOC's Alternative Rock. KROQ. Ten minutes before the top of every hour, we do what's happening with Allie. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about um, Kobe during the hour. So we're going to do a little... A little showbizy entertainment stuff in these what's happenings. Yeah. Um, just 
because other things did go on last night, whether they wanted them to or not. Um, the Grammys. Holy crap, Billie Eilish. Yes. Man, oh, man. My gosh. Yeah, you can't be mad at that. No, the big four. Record of the year. Bad guy, Billie Yay! Eilish. Album of the year. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Billie Yay! Eilish. Best new artist, Billie Eilish. Yay! Song of the year. Oh, bad go. guy, Billie Kids. Eilish. Stop. Kids. You get it, yeah. yeah. There's one more, though. Oh, God. Because those were the big four. Right. Those are the ones you dream of winning. Mm-hmm. And then best pop vocal performance. Or best pop vocal album, When We All Fell Asleep. Where do we go, Billie Eilish? Um, it was so cute. It felt like she was embarrassed by how many she did, won. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> she was like, stop. Yeah. No one look at the me. The last time she went up to give a speech, she just said thank you and yeah. Yeah. turned to walk back off. She did the Too absolute much. right thing. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it was a big night for Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas, mm-hmm. um, the co-writers of, of those songs. Just... I love seeing them up there. It made me very happy. Uh, Best rock song, This Land, by Gary Clark Jr. Best rock album, Social Cues, by Cage the Elephant. We didn't get to see them perform or or get their award. Best alternative music album, Father of the Bride, Vampire Weekend. We didn't get to see them perform or get their award. Um, So that's, I mean, that's okay. If you don't want to, you know, have all the genres performing. Sure. But you're, it's music's biggest night. Mm-hmm. I feel like. <laughs> it's music's I biggest mean, night. Um, yeah. I, I feel like they might. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking from uh, Devil's Advocate point. Mm-hmm. I think they think Aerosmith represented the rock side, which is wrong. Can we, uh, can we oh. discuss Aerosmith's yeah. performance? Yeah. Remember when they didn't let their drummer play? He had to, like, re-audition after yeah. he had so- left problem with his shoulder. He had to play to a click track. He wasn't up to par, according mm-hmm. to Aerosmith, so he was sitting this one out. They mm-hmm. had the drum tech, who has been filling in, perform. Um, did they do the same thing with Steven Tyler? Like, hey, maybe you should re-audition. Have him audition. your voice ain't nearly what it should be. Sir, hey, Scarfy, what was that? It was a little rough. It was really rough. Did and you, it uh, made me sad for that drummer to be like, oh, you weren't good enough. Yeah. But that dude up there is good enough. Not to pile on, but did you see the video of the drummer trying to enter the rehearsal space? It, that was all for cameras. Yeah, obviously, yeah. but it's still yeah. very sad. It's I mean, the whole thing sad. is brutal. and yeah. He was allowed on stage um, over the weekend when they had their big, I think it was a Music Cares thing. Mm-hmm. So he was able to go up there, but it that is now forever tarnished. Yeah. He won't be in the band again. I think yeah. it's safe to say. When you sue the members of your band, sure. they're not like, hey, it's kind you of know an what? Ender. It's kind of an end thing. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, quite something. Did you guys watch the show? Were you in and out? I was in and out. In yeah. and out. Yeah. 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 I love Alicia Keys. Yeah. Again. She's always yeah. good. Yeah. I think um, Common said it best when he said there's no one better that could have hosted this on yeah. this night because of her heart. She just has so much heart. She's very genuine. Yeah, absolutely. Did you notice uh, Swiss Beats, I guess, in her stepson uh, that he wears skeleton uh, face paint? Did oh, you? no. So I there's a couple shots of Alicia Keys singing to her family, and there's a boy who's pretty big. I mean, he's a big guy who was in full skeleton, almost like juggalo face paint, but with a, with a, like a tux on, with like a suit on. And I was like, who is that? And That's I start, so weird. I literally start Googling skeleton face Swiss beats, <laughs> and it finds out he's a producer DJ whose thing, like where, you know, like Marshmallow's head or yeah. whatever, his thing is this skeleton face That's paint. That's just his thing, huh? Swiss beats his kid? Yeah. 
How yeah. old is he? Uh, I think he's 16 or 18. Because I saw a child on a, what I believe to be either her mother or his mother's lap. There was another it was, boy, it right? It was not that no, child. Okay. No, no, no. Got it. I'm like, how did I miss skeleton? Uh, it's... <laughs> It's pretty crazy. Yes, this that was Swiss Beat's son with skeleton face paint at the Grammys is the headline. His name is Prince Nasir Dean, 19 years old, son with Nicole Levy, and he wears uh, face paint because he's a DJ producer, and that's his gimmick. Wow. Yeah. That'd be a lot. Like, Marshmallow, at least you just can take it off and your day is over. This involves a lot of prep. It is very, it's very, West, it's very West Borland. <laughs> Oh, that's full face. <laughs> I just showed Allie. Oh, no, it's, sir. It's very wow. Westboro. But just seeing oh. him in the mix with all these other, yeah. and him wearing a suit, I was like, that's a crazy look, bud. Oh, he's going to have so many issues with just dry skin. <laughs> and oh, it's funny I how we all look at that you. differently. Yeah. I feel for that young man. But hey, that's his thing. Yeah. You guys, that is his thing. Uh, Lizzo kicked off the night. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. When she plays the flute, I'm like, you have just been dancing around that stage going nuts. And then you're like, let me just play this wind instrument at a level that nobody else can. It's insane to me. Yeah. It's insane. It's also something you, it's an instrument that you never see played in no. popular music. No. And she just picks it up, starts playing. It's like, it, yeah. it is sort of messes with you. And just dancing the whole time. Yeah. Like, I get, it's, it's a lot. I enjoy it. I definitely enjoy it. She was amazing. Yeah, some um, very interesting performances. DJ Khaled got up there and just oh, yelled. Yeah. What? What is? Oh, what just, is that? I just can't take him. Yeah, he's rough. Is and, that and, just what he does? Yes, he's that's all he just yells. As you know, he's always done it. That's all he's done. So why is he, he keeps doing that? Why is he famous? Um, Check this out: Sasha's biscuit, eighty nine cents all week. The McDonald's that commercial. It. Yeah. He he's a, is he a good producer? He's not. A, well, he's technically not a producer. Oh no, he just yells. Yes. Ka- well, he's a. Cu- I, he I just know. says I, yeller. I don't want to defend him because I really don't. But I will just say that he like curates s- s- similar. He's like a hype man. He's a he's a way less Quincy. <laughs> Quincy at least gets in there and produces, but sort of yeah. curates the scene in the studio. Khaled sort of does that without actually getting in there and doing dry. Okay, know. so he doesn't rap. He does well. He has rapped before, yeah. but he's not known for rapping. No. Singing. He's definitely never sung. Okay, so why is he on that stage? Now this is what you call a good morning. Yeah. Come on, okay. because of that. Because of that. I mean, he did get people hyped up. Like people get were. Up. Yeah. 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 He yeah. did that. But, like, so did my camp counselor growing up. You know what I mean? Like that Yeah, is I the... didn't see him on, on stage, mm-hmm. I mean, that's unfair. I would have rather seen him on stage <laughs> than Khaled, DJ Khaled. It's a lot. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I was surprised that DJ Khaled went up, accepted that award for the song he did with John Legend and Nipsey Hussle, and mm-hmm. didn't bring up, like, his album coming up. I was like, I was maybe that's growth for him, that he just accepted maybe. it and, and didn't say, like, new album on January yeah. 8th, 25th. You that's know, his yeah. whole that's thing. That's his spiel, yeah. so... I did um, love that Sharon Osbourne had the same issue that I did with <laughs> calling him. No, she oh. called him um, DJ Khalid. Khalid, yeah. Because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> and then Khalid is spelled Khalid, and Khalid is spelled Khalid. It's very confusing. And you know how passionate I am about McDonald's. I do, yes. sir. Um, I do. I did think they were very cute, though, the Osbournes. I thought they did a really good job with yeah. what was kind of a corny gimmick, yeah. but it was cute. Make the old whitey say yeah. a bunch of names that are hard because they're rap names. But she did they it might good. No, I thought she did it kind of yeah. cute. Yeah. It was cute. Good stuff last night, you guys. We'll talk about uh, some of the movies over the weekend in just a bit. But for now, some birthdays for you from Jimmy Kimmel Live, Guillermo. Yeah, best oh, gig in the world, the best. Right? <laughs> awesome. Keith Olbermann, who? Where is he now? I saw good him question. on 
He's on Sports Center. Now? Yeah, I saw yeah. him back on Sports Center. That is a matter of time. He's got cats. What? He he has cats. He's a bunch of cats. Did you not know that? I didn't. No. Yeah, he's a big cat guy. Okay. No, he doesn't drive. No, didn't know that. Doesn't have Keith a license. Or- Keith Orman trivia. Yeah, wow. doesn't have a license. Yeah. Odd cats. Yes. Yeah. Real. Woo. Really weird guy. Yeah. We'll see how long you last at this job. Mm-hmm. Pat Oswalt and Alan coming, and that's what's happening. Kevin in the morning with Ali and Jensen on K Rock, LANOC's alternative rock. I'm young, but uh, I'm not going to back down from anyone. I'm just going to play hard. No, who knows? Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Dear Kobe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing us that the number 24 isn't just a number on your jersey, but the amount of hours in a day that you have to devote to the game to be the best. Thank you for the games that you refuse to lose and the ones you always seem destined to win. Showing us that even on your worst day, there's nothing else to do but push harder. Thank you for playing the game the way it was meant to be played. Thank you for teaching us to believe in ourselves, even when nobody else did. For 20 years, you gave our game all you had, and we are eternally grateful. Thank you for being you, competitor supreme. Thank you for loving the game of basketball. That was a, a tribute that ESPN put out. Yeah, during his retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the Kobe news was such a surprise yesterday, and it's so hard to get your head around. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to just accept. It takes a while for something like this, I think, to get used to it, sort of. Yeah, and and something that I feel everyone was connecting on is that this is a guy who would go practice at 3.30 in the morning. or t- you know, so He was beyond human to yeah. uh, especially Los Angeles and and the fact that he was unstoppable on the court and yet something took him out it, it just feels it feels surreal in that way yeah i was thinking about the fact that he has had a helicopter since his laker days mm-hmm. he would take a helicopter to staples center that's what it was and i was having this conversation with my friend and they were like wow that's a lot of money to be able to do that and i said no, that's efficiency. That's how he would look at it. He's not going to sit on the freeway with a bunch of plebes like us. <laughs> he wants to get to where he's going so he can work out, mm-hmm. so he can be at the game four hours early and be out there shooting. That's just who he was. It was It was never about, oh, I just, you know, I want to make it easier and just fly. It was efficiency so yeah. he could be better. Yeah, but also like Orange County to Staples Center is awful. It's a long drive. <laughs> it's a long, a long drive. drive. Yeah, but, it's a long drive. You know, people I want to be that it. rich, yeah. People do it. Yes, yes. Uh, I always was uh, curious about the younger people on the team. Yeah. Why is, if Kobe's out there shooting, I'm, I shouldn't go take a shower. You know what I mean? Like, if he's still going to keep going, he cre- don't you feel like he truly created that conditioning. That is some that Mamba mentality that you hear about. It's kind of a catchphrase that I'm sure he trademarked. But the truth is, is that in sports in general, he led the way with that. I mean, that now you see players going out and practicing after games, and that ends up on Sports Center or whatever. But like the the conditioning that that guy had to do every season is, I mean, and he used to say is slightly psychopathic. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the famous quote where he said, you know. Uh, friendships whatever it was but basically friendships don't last forever banners do or whatever is is a famous quote from him but also like that represents the kind of athlete he was which is a once in a lifetime uh kind of uh focus and dedication he was gifted but also the focus and dedication was the part because it's not just about gift right Right, there's so many players who have that gift and yet he is above and beyond because of his own talent but also the way he conditioned it and, and decided to push himself further 
And uh, it's it is a surreal day in Los Angeles, and and as an NBA fan, all of the city, I mean, the NBA in general, and and reading the effect in China, you know, he was like the number one jersey seller in all of China for I think a decade or something. Um, it, it, it's a world reaction yeah. to something that is just uh, extremely tragic. Uh, I think we have time to play Doc Rivers. This is this is a little rough. This yeah. is Doc Rivers uh, talking about his reaction. You know. Uh... I just don't have a lot to say. I, uh, the news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he, mean, he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, you know, he was such a great opponent. Um, he had that, that DNA that... Um, that very few athletes can ever have, you know, the, the Tiger Woods and the, the Michael Jordans, you know. Um, yeah, this is this is a tough one. I don't, uh, I mean, the, the news is just so devastating for, for Vanessa and, and, his, and his family. And um, there's just so many people he touched, you know. Um, and, you know, it's, it's looking at my young players and, and seeing how emotional uh, they are. Um, they didn't even know him, you know, and uh, it just tells you how far his reach was. So, um, I mean, this is just shocking news for all of us. And sorry, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I just can't. Uh, I have to go talk to a team uh, before a game and tell them to play again. Okay. That was, uh, that's yeah, rough. Very that's hard. rough to listen to. Um, you know, I think, too, is. And it doesn't seem like a lot of people have lost this uh, feeling on it or this angle. Is that last yesterday, no matter how you feel about Kobe Bryant, who who uh, is a figure that people either love or hate, it yeah. appears, and, and mostly here in Los Angeles love, clearly. Uh, a father died. And that seems to be... And he left a family behind and lost his daughter as well, and, and their family lost a daughter. And, it, it, and then other families... Uh, died in this as well yeah. i mean it is it is beyond kobe the talented basketball Athlete, player which yeah. we hate to lose obviously but beyond that it is a, a man who seemed to uh transition into family very well and you know the meme that happened last week with him explaining basketball it appeared to his daughter at yeah, a game sweet. uh now has a completely different definition and uh i went to a u.s women's soccer yeah. game and he was there with his kids and the kids handed him the phone and said can you take a picture and kobe is like now just dad taking a picture <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like he's not kobe at that moment he's he's a dad yeah he, he appeared to like being a father very much and uh that's really quite a uh quite a sad part of this story this is a strange thing that almost never happens all of the los angeles radio stations have agreed to do something at the exact same time, and they're going to have a minute of silence. It's mm -hmm. going to be a minute eight, and it's going to be at noon. Yeah, so one minute and eight seconds. Every single radio station in Los Angeles will be uh, having a moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. Yeah. This is Kevin in the Morning with Ali and Jensen. LANOC's Alternative Rock. K-R-O-Q. K-Rock. Saturday, we had an event at Slide Bar in Fullerton. Mm -hmm. That's right. Ping pong, um, bing pong. As we're calling it. Because <laughs> I just said something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was really, un the, 
the people who listen to our station and to our show yes. are unbelievably nice. They're too nice. Yeah. Technically. It almost feels like, hey, you shouldn't like me this much. I know me. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? they, yeah. I don't know if they listen almost. It's like, do you guys listen? Uh, that was really my first, other than like April Foolishness, which is technically people paying to, to yeah. see, see it. So it's not like, I know they know us. Like, I just see comedians. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like, I know they're fans of the show or at mm-hmm. least listen. This was a case where we just said we're going to be somewhere. It's the first time I've ever been a part of something like that. And to have such an outpouring of positive energy and messages, I, I was, I felt weird. I just kept saying, they're going to stop doing this, right? They're going to eventually just tell us we suck. Uh, all but, at once. Yeah, they're all going to just now turn. They did not. I feel like there was a real groundswell of people that came for one reason one reason only. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the ping pong. Right. Wasn't, wasn't the bing bong. Wasn't the bing bong. It wasn't to meet us. The Crocs, Kevin. Yeah. Thank they you. came to Thank see you. if you were, would be wearing your Crocs, and you did not disappoint. Did not disappoint. No. And how hard is it to wear Crocs? You well, you even went one step further, and you showed those ankles, right? which I didn't think you were going to do. You said you're too sexy. Yeah, it was too hot. You know what's funny is uh, there were a lot of people commenting like, "How white can a person's <laughs> legs be?" They did look extra white for they some reason. They had some kind of a battery pack and uh-huh. it was lighting that was coming out of my ankles. You, you, looked, you looked like you were lathered in mayo. Oh, like your God. legs were actually, had a spread on them. Yeah. It, it was, was, it's not great. It was great. Was it great? People were like getting power from them. Yeah. It felt like it was like there was an energy <laughs> totally coming, true. coming yeah. off them. And they weren't brown. They were blue. <laughs> they weren't blue. I mean, they weren't brown. They weren't brown. Well, they were closer to black, I think. I mean, you. Which didn't make the ankle thing any and, better. And, well, <laughs> Finding out that you were colorblind is also a weird thing at Ping Pong Bing Bong. Um, I do want to address kind of the elephant in the room. Yes, please. Oh, Ali McKay, very good at ping pong. Thank you. What I Thank mean, you. I guess it is the Jensen has the softest hands moment where yeah. it's like you kind of quietly sat in the corner and said, I think I'm good at ping pong. And then you yeah. went out there and you were basically the Andre Agassi of the yeah. night. Yeah, I mean, I dominate. There's a top spin <laughs> that is unlike anyone else's top spin. Yeah. Absolutely. We had a ping pong table growing up. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of ping pong. Something I realized there, after I played for a minute, I was like, oh, God. I, I re- I shouldn't say. I'm going to go ahead. Um, I just felt like the balls were flying at my face. <laughs> because I wear glasses at night. Mm-hmm. Because I'm nearsighted. And at night, after a long day, that's when my eyes really need the glasses yeah. when I drive. Mm-hmm. I was feeling that when I was playing ping pong. I was like, I know I'm nailing these. Mm-hmm. But it's also the time of night where I'm just starting. Th- my eyes are like, dude, put something on them if you need to focus on something. Right. I I didn't want to play anymore because I knew within 20 minutes when it was just dark out and it was just the lights everywhere, I was going to be a real mess. So you knew when to call it quits. Oh, I knew. I went out on top. (laughs) She did. Unlike Tom Brady, unlike Brett Favre, I went out on top. You you were Michael Jordan but never played on the Wizards. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, I get I understand that. I understand what you did. How many play, how long did you play? Because to me, it seemed like you played for two or three I th- no, she somehow c- confused all of us because I would have said the same thing. Yeah. She didn't play long. No. That's what I'm saying. No. I'm yeah. saying I think she played two or three. No, she manipulated all of us. Thank you. I stopped. Slammed it, screamed at everybody and just peace just out. Yeah. Got out. I, I stopped time. That is also <laughs> that is sort of what a happened. gift yeah. that you didn't know I had as well as the topspin. But it was so fun. It was. Yeah, it was lovely, fun. lovely listeners. They're great. That came down. You know what I did hear a lot from women? Is how white can someone's ankles be? That Mm -hmm. as well. But a lot of women said the same exact thing. 
my boyfriend got me into listening yes. to you guys, which <laughs> made me laugh so hard. And I was like, oh, God bless your boyfriends. But thank you. Yeah. Thank you to the to the ladies that now listen that maybe never would have because they were terrifying. You also see people come up and you it's clear that they're, one of them mm-hmm. listens to us and the other one doesn't and yeah, doesn't really care. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. care, yeah. Uh, take a picture or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you just go, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that you're being tortured with us. Did you guys meet Maddie? Do you remember? Sure. Yeah. She was the one who gave us the fish yes. thing. For our, did you get involved in that, Kevin? No, I didn't. Kevin was playing ping pong, and she kept asking me if she should go and talk to him. And okay. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what she, was she brought the bing bong. She mm-hmm. basically said, hey, it's it's this is a sort of like a Chinese New Year tradition. Yes. And it, you remember those like color. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Performs as kids that you would, they were like little um, stickers that you would put on a board. Yeah. Like that kind of waxish feeling figure. So she had a, it was a fish, right? Mm-hmm. And she would put it on your palm, and then whatever the fish did, there was a response. Like if his head went up or, or the his tail, tail went or, up or head For some tail. reason, that piece of fish, mm-hmm. the wax kind of figure, would move in your hand. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Very odd. Very magic-based. So she puts it down and she goes, okay, so let's see what happens. And the head of it moved. Mm-hmm. And then I go, oh, that's very cool. What does that mean? And she turns around the wax paper and it just says, jealousy. I said, oh, my God, this is terrible. Why? What, who am I jealous of? Is someone jealous of me? And she goes, I don't know. It's just what I said. Is everyone coming up jealous? She goes, no. No. I go, what? what? And she go, I go, then do it again. Do it again. I'm not going to just, you know, right. now she's entered my OCD. I'm not going to end with jealousy. <laughs> and so she goes, okay. So she puts it back with my mom and it's just the head again. And she goes, I, it's jealousy again. Yeah. And I go, I, okay. I, mm. Can you do one more time? She goes, yeah. And so she puts it down. She goes, look, the tail and the head are moving. And I go, oh, that's great. I, I, great. Perfect. And she, she flips it around and it says like sickness is coming. What? Yeah, I got the only two negative responses. From... Mine were super good. Yeah, I'm sure. It was like, yeah. you're, you're attractive, you're no, good at ping pong. Somebody's um, either you're in love or somebody is in love with you. And I was like, tell me something I don't know, plastic <laughs> fish. I'm over here being tragic and living a jealous life. Ugh. Not everybody came to play ping pong was that good. No. And, they, and no one cared. That was sort of fun. Yeah. There were people there that hadn't played ping pong before. For sure. There was one guy. Who did bring his own paddle? Two. Two two of his yes. own paddles. Yeah. And he and said, I'm not sure how hard to go. You were forced to play him. Yeah, I played him. It was fine. He was not that great. <laughs> wow. He, he would hold the ball in his palm, wow. you know, and he would get down like he's a oh, no. master, he grandmaster or whatever they are. <laughs> but yeah. he wasn't that good. It's not great. that good. <laughs> it's great. And I said to him, if you're going to bring your own paddle, you need to destroy me. It would be funny if he's like, dude, it's not that much of an investment. These are like $15. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a case. Oh. 
Oh. Pink, he had to zip open the case and take one out, and he's like, "Do you want one?" I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'm fine." Sweet I'll... spirit. And then there was a guy in the uh, in the Raiders uh, jacket. Mm-hmm. This guy killed me mm-hmm. because he got up there and he started like hitting it out of his hand, like he was serving illegally, but it didn't matter because <laughs> no one cares. Sure. So we played two or three, you know, rounds, and then about halfway through, he was totally sandbagging me, and halfway through, <laughs> he destroyed me. <laughs> The guy in the Raiders was like, he, I, I was like, oh, yeah, let's just play and let's, I don't want him to feel bad. Right. And then he turned and literally got as many points as we played to the end of the game and I got none. So he wow. was he was basically like white man can't jumping you. Like he yes. wanted you to think he wasn't yes. good. And then one minute he was like, oh, and just became like Forrest Gump. fantastic. Yeah. Huh. So Raiders, am I right? I mean, yeah. sure. It's the one time they won this season. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, a lot of thanks to the uh, Slide Bar. Yes. Absolutely. For so great. They are great. And the band that played after. The Curse. Everyone stayed for that. Yeah. yeah. They were good. cover band that was great. Yeah. They were good. Excellent work, Fun times. Guys. Thanks, Fun everyone. Time. See you soon. We'll do it again. It's Kevin in the morning with Allie and Jensen. LA and OC's Alternative Rock. K-Rock. Congratulations to our grand prize winner for Wheels Up. Trip number one, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam at Hyde Park in London. So good. I'm going to try and say this name right. I'm okay. telling you right now, it's not going to happen. <laughs> good luck. Nicole Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Cadwalader. You definitely did not nail no, it. No, Tracy had nailed. Yes, I got yeah. that point. Spell She's it out. Yeah. She's Spell from it out for Beaumont. Me. Spell it out for me. C-A-D-W-A-L-L-A-D-E-R. Cadwalader. <laughs> we both sure. said two different things. <laughs> Congratulations to Tracy. Yes. Tracy C. Yep. Cadwell, can I see it? Sure. Cadwell. Okay. I'm telling you, it's a, not an easy. Cadwell ladder. Cadwell it. Cadwell ladder. I mean, you're looking at it and starting yeah, trouble. Yeah, Tracy so. Cadwell ladder, right? I mean, yes. Beaumont. Give a call right now. No, 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 no. We don't Tracy, need to call. Tracy, okay. you won. You're right. fine. You don't need to call. Won the trip to uh, to London to see Pearl Jam. That's a big deal. So That's cool. very cool. Yeah, that's a big, big deal. Uh, the news, <laughs> it turns out, could suck. Well, yeah, this weekend especially. And that's why on Monday mornings we bring you. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. But we'll try to make that feeling go away. It's time for great news today. Great news. Not sure there's been a day, a Monday, where we need this more. So I'm happy that we can get these stories out and about to get change up the feeling a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of a few unruly kids and maybe a bully or two, right, you'd assume that when you take a job as an elementary school bus driver. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it stinks, mm-hmm. but you're kind of, it's a tame thing. You're not facing too much at that age. Well, Paulette Rossi from Eastern Ontario, Canada, uh, said she was acting on pure instinct when she had to save seven kids from a burning bus within seconds. Wow. Oh, my gosh. When she noticed a little bit of black smoke coming from the back of her bus, she knew she didn't have long since she had just refilled it with gas earlier that morning. And, and when there's any car on fire, you know it's obviously a huge possibility that's going to blow up. Uh, the 61-year-old hurried seven children off the bus, and right as the last student was safely accounted for, the vehicle went up in flames. Wow. Completely exploded. Wow. We'll post the bus now on our Twitter, at Kevin Mornings. It's basically burnt to a crisp. Uh, you'll see, it looks like there are no survivors. Uh, it's bonkers, and, and it shows what would have happened had she not turned into this hero and no one was injured and not only that and this is the part of the story that blew my mind kids were uh got they got home within 10 minutes of their uh, uh, time that they usually are delivered 
She not only saved what? them, got them into another bus and delivered them home only 10 minutes late. I was like, that that seems more like a heroic commission than anything else. Uh, she's being heralded as a hero, but she says the evacuation training she was taught by the school district is actually what saved the children. And she hopes that it makes people more persistent about their own lives, about leaving lights on or your fireplace on or whatever it is. She's very awesome. And uh, in an interview, she wanted to make sure parents of the kids that were on the bus know where her priorities lie. Kids are a priority. So the first thing is always their safety. Uh, the kids have a very cool story for the rest of their lives yeah. as well. I mean, I would be, I would tell everyone. I was on That's a bus. Amazing. I jumped off. It exploded. I mean, it's basically an action movie. Uh, but what a hero this Paulette Rossi is. And uh, I, school bus drivers don't get enough credit, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. And that's why I picked it as my great news. Wouldn't you as a kid be milking that? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm Kurt Russell. But, oh, what, now yeah. I'm in that girl? I don't know why that's happening. Oh, it's, it's great news. And then Thank you. Off. Um, but I did. I I would tell people that I'm basically John Wick. Well, not only that, but when a teacher's like, "Hey, where's your assignment, <laughs> dude?" It was my in the bus. bus. Caught on yeah, fire. That is good. Like every time your parents are like, "Hey, did you clean your room?" Don't you remember I almost died? Right. I was in a bus fire. Yeah, that's what I would do. Because <laughs> I'm an awful human being. <laughs> Guys, we've all lost a wallet. We've discussed it on the show. Yeah. Your wife My just wife lost, lost one wallet, recently. Yeah. You basically have to chalk it up to it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Get I up. now have to call, get all new credit card. God, I have mm-hmm. to go to the DMV. Are yeah. you kidding me? Well, this is what happened to a woman in Philadelphia named Kayla. She returned home from a convenience store. It was a Wawa. <laughs> and she realized she left her wallet there. But it wasn't just like a small wallet. It was one of those like wristlet wallets. Mm-hmm. It had a key to her house in it. It had all of her credit cards. It had cash. And it had her driver's license. So she's like, oh. It's, it's the worst. This is the worst feeling in the world. But she did wind up calling the store. Well, I called the store to see if anyone had turned it in. And they said no. So I kind of just... I thought someone stole it. The next day, she says her view of humanity flipped upside down. Her missing wallet was missing no more. It was inside her mailbox just blocks from the Wawa. Nothing was touched, not a penny was gone. But more importantly, she says, was a note left on top of the wallet. It reads, quote, I found your wallet at the parking lot at Tyson and Browse at 5.30 a.m. on August 1st walking by. My name is Jim. I am homeless. I hang out at McDonald's at Cotman Ave, end quote. Wow. So she sees this note. By the way, that reporter's a I, robot, I'm right? He's definitely I'm a robot. Upset. Like, he couldn't even make Wawa sound right? fun. Yeah. He, he genuinely has the exact opposite voice than yeah. me. Like, I am homeless. Yeah. Can my you name, play that part? Just my name is really, Jim. Like, I am homeless. Like, it is the worst reading of a really lovely note. I don't remember. I'm not sure. This I'm, sure. It reads, quote, I found your wallet at the parking lot at Tyson and Browse at 5.30 a.m. on August 1st walking by. My name is Jim. I am homeless. I <laughs> hang out at Jim. McDonald's. I am homeless. End quote. What is happening with that guy? Oh, so my much. God. This is terrible. <laughs> so Kayla does what I would hope most of us would do. She went to that McDonald's and asked around for Jim, met him, and he said, listen, it was the right thing to do. I saw that you live near here. I just walked over, put it in the mailbox. I think it's what everybody would do. And sadly, Jim... It's not what everyone would do, and you should be commended for being a lovely human being. 
And uh, that's why it's my great news. Did I miss that she gave him something in return? Yeah, I didn't see it in the story. Oh, Allie! <laughs> that's not great news I at all. I think she's a real bitch. <laughs> I mean, Allie's part of that was great news. <laughs> then Let's Jensen jumped in. Let's focus on Jim. That's an incredible bitch. Oh, come on. <laughs> she got to give money. You were so lucky. I, you were like, oh, no one asked. I, I'm like, hey, Kevin, what's yours? Do you, have, do you got something? <laughs> Also, my bus driver was a Nazi. <laughs> just throw that in at the end. <laughs> no, she was very nice. She was a very sweet. Let's woman. just assume that she. Yes, she went yeah. there. She did. She went to visit him. I mean, I'm sure yeah. she gave him something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, my great news is Kamalu Rosa um, on the shores of Waikiki. He recently met a woman named Stephanie. She has cerebral palsy. Uh huh. And she's unable to walk, but she has always wanted to surf. That, to her, that seems like the ultimate thing. And he says, I can help with that. If I have the opportunity to make somebody's day and help them in the ocean, take them surfing, I try to seize the moment. So he grabbed his uh, surfboard. He went out near the water. He came back. He picked up Stephanie, walked back to the surfboard, put them both on the surfboard, and took her surfing. Nice. Hmm. And they were just out there having the, the time of their lives. Um, he said it brought us both tears out there. She was excited and happy. It touched everybody in the ocean, in that part of the ocean. Uh, it was an unbelievable experience. And then mine continues, Allie, because I have great news all the way through the end of my story. Is it about oh, Kayla good. at the Wawa? <laughs> did, did she get <laughs> money? Do you know? Kayla lost her wallet at the Wawa. <laughs> I am Jim. <laughs> um, this is this guy's deal now. His, his goal is to help people. Just one person on one person. I can take someone surfing if, if that's what they need. Mm-hmm. And I'm that guy that will help. Two years ago, he, he helped a man without legs learn to surf. Without legs? I don't, yes. How does he balance? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. But it's this guy's thing. It's very I sweet. It. It's just one-on-one helping people um, who need what he already has. And so many people who do surf consider it like their therapy, like yes. in the morning going. I mean, it's a zen moment. Yeah, and he yeah. looks like he's in his early 20s. I mean, he's very young. Wow. And this is just his thing, to try and help people who can't get out in the ocean. There are great charities, like Life Rolls On, um, uh, a walk on water surf therapy mm-hmm. that do this and they have events like every weekend they do this. It's an amazing thing that people who think, oh, I, I can't do that. Well, yeah, you can because there are amazing men and women that will help you. So you get to experience yeah, that with same no thing. legs is surfing, right? Come yeah. on, man, you can surf. <laughs> and that's my great news. Kevin in the morning with Allie and Jensen, LA and OC's alternative rock, KROQ. Yesterday was a pretty crappy day. Yeah. Especially here in Los Angeles. I sort of feel like Kobe equals Los Angeles. That's sort of how I felt when I saw that. I, I, like, I, I don't think any athlete has ever represented the city uh, as much, and I don't, I'm not sure any athlete will ever represent it more in the future. It was a, a complete bummer. And during the day, they would ask other players what they thought, and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Um, his response was was quite moving. To Kobe's family, I, I want to send my most sincere and heartfelt uh, regrets and prayers, and my thoughts are with you guys. Kobe was a, an incredible family man. He loved his wife and, and daughters. He was an incredible athlete and a leader in a, in a lot of ways. He inspired a whole generation of young athletes. He was one of the first ones to leave high school and come to the NBA and do so well, dominating the game and becoming one of the best scorers that the Los Angeles Lakers has ever seen. I had the privilege of being there when he scored his 81-point game. 
and it was something that I will always remember as one of the highlights of uh, the things that I have learned and observed in sports. Rest in peace, young man. This loss is, it's, it's just hard to comprehend. Go with God. It's hard to comprehend. Yeah. He, he, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar really put it in perfect words. Yeah. I mean, he really, I mean, I was, I remember when that popped up pretty quickly. Yeah. I was like, I, I love Kareem and, and he's a writer, you know, by trade at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is startling. And we, we've been talking about it all morning, but we're just so used to him being not human. You know what I mean? So yeah, he was superhuman. He did the unthinkable. Yes. You know, he, every, time, every time you doubted him, it was like he went further. I mean, his yeah. last game, he scored like, you know, some, 60 points. 60 points. Yeah, it's crazy. like you are used to him defying odds. And then to see him it, he, human. Of course, it's dumb to say that. No, but it's true. It's to see him human. Like, of course, he's human. But, but I don't know if it's of course. I mean, in all of L.A., we, we believed this icon, you know, yeah, love or hate him. It was like. This was uh, uh, untouchable. He was uh, a protected, incredible in basketball. And you, you forget that he was a family man sometimes even. Like, he was just a robot of basketball. Yeah. And then to have it end in such a tragic way um, was was devastating. We're Let's gonna- also bring up who else was on that plane. Yes. Because um, not only Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. but his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, um, her basketball teammate, Alyssa Altabelli, her father, John Altabelli, her mother... Carrie Altabelli, a um, he was a baseball coach at Orange Coast College yeah. and beloved. And he was like the Kobe Bryant of community college baseball. He seven hundred wins. I mean, uh, tons of championships. Incredible. And parents to two other kids that are now missing: their mom, their dad, and their sister. A woman named Christina Mauser, who's a basketball coach at nearby Harbor Day School in Orange County, the school that Gigi Bryant had attended, who is leaving behind husband and two children. Um, a middle school student named Peyton Chester and her mother, Sarah Chester, and the pilot, Ara Zobian, who uh, people are writing about this man who also taught people how to fly. Mm-hmm. Just by all accounts, just one of the funniest, most loving men. So there were nine people on that plane, and I don't want that plane, sorry, helicopter, and I don't want that to be lost in this as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. But we will take your calls um, on what did Kobe mean to you? What did you have an interaction with him? Do you or just not. have a or moment just, yeah, that you remember? Yeah, just a moment you remember, yeah. And we have a friend of the show, uh, Brian, on the line. Good morning, Brian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. I, uh, I mean, on such the days, I mean, it's kind of heavy and brutal, but I have a story about my interaction with Kobe that I think kind of highlights a thing that was underrated about him, and that was his sense of humor. Yeah. Um, Back in 2013, I was working on a radio show in Seattle, and the Richard Sherman softball game uh, was up there. And I, for some dumb reason, applied to be like a uh, a correspondent. Like I, we weren't going to play any of that stuff on our show because you know the top 40 show. And they put me on the sideline, and I told my co-host, "Hey guys, I'm going to be interviewing all these famous people at the Richard Sherman softball game." And, uh, of course, they're not going to let me just interview people, so they're going to, you know, make it awful for me. So we took <laughs> we, we took the questions from fans and, you know, or from the, like, audience, like, you know, questions like, what do you do with hot dog water after you cook hot dogs? And, like... Excellent. Just, oh, the, the hard-hitting questions. Excellent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just absolutely torture me. And so I my whole bit was, like, I was going to go act super nervous, I was going to harness my inner Zach Galifianakis in between two ferns, just make it super weird. 
And so I'm down on the sideline at the game. I have no idea who's coming out for the celebrity softball game. I'm assuming, you know, Richard Sherman, probably Mac Lamore, a bunch of Seattle guys, Sean Kemp. Sure. And the first player up to bat who I'm supposed to mess with, out of the dugout walks Kobe Bryant. And all of my confidence of being the awkward, <laughs> weird dude completely melts. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get a question out, and I'm stuttering. And I'm like, and I'm just, my eyes are huge. I'm shocked. I've never been in the presence of Kobe Bryant. And he has a presence. Like, yeah. you feel him, just the confidence, the look. And I'm stuttering to get a question out. And he just goes, it's all right, man, don't be so nervous. <laughs> and gave me, like, a little bro hug and walked off to take his, uh, you know, that bat. And I, the rest of the entire game, I, the bit crumbled. It was awful. <laughs> I, I and he kept winking at me every time he walked by. And he's like, you better yet? And I just, I, oh, my God. I just, I felt like in the presence of that dude to see his sense of humor when, I don't know if he knew if I was doing a bit or if he just really, truly felt awful for me for stuttering through a question. But, man, I'll never forget that. He can sense that you were in trouble. Yeah, I mean, also, he, he, if, any, if anything, one genius recognized another. You know what I mean? Uh, is that where we're going? Thank you. I think Kobe was like, abort, abort, stop, dude. He was like, stop trying to shake my hand, dude. Let go of me. <laughs> Gotta go up to bat. You were the New York Knicks of this situation. He was the Lakers. Yeah. Thank you for your call, Brian. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to tell us that. Um, we're going to take your calls, 1-800-520-1067. Remembering Kobe Bryant. You don't, you didn't, you don't have to have met him. Like, it, it just, whatever it means to you and your family or a, 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 like a, a memory you have that will live on forever from this uh, incredible larger-than-life sports figure. Kevin in the Morning with Allie and Jensen. Carol QFM. K-Rock. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are taking calls from people on uh, what Kobe Bryant meant to them. Melissa is on the line from Fullerton. Good morning, Melissa. 
Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I was about, well, I'll say like eight years old, and I went to the movies with my dad um, at the Block of Orange, and his, he was there with his wife, you know, and he was walking out, and, you know, um, he signed my dad's shirt, just really nice man, but, you know, I was little, and he was just, you know, the tallest man I've ever met yeah. to this day, you know, <laughs> So I'm just I'm really sad for him and his family, and and I just wish them the best, and, you know. So that was my interaction, and it, it was a big moment I had with my dad. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And there's, nice. I, I, I even thought myself, like with my dad, and, you know, my dad's been passed now for, I think, 10 years. But, you know, being basketball fans or sports fans in L.A., yeah. I mean, I think like 70% of our conversations were about Kobe Bryant. And we were Clippers fans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was no way to avoid every call of between us going, is this real? You know, is he doing this? Like that happened dozens Many, of times. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. My parents uh, moved back east in 2008 neither here nor there, but it was dominating the news there, which, you know, the biggest rivalry, New yeah. England. Like, New England hates Kobe with a passion. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the radio voice of the Celtics wrote, we didn't think here in Boston that Kobe could break our hearts again, and he we did. were wrong. I know, it was a great story. And that was, that was that's amazing. beautiful. Yeah. But he just, he, he had an impact on everyone. Let's uh, go to Robert in uh, streaming us in Portland. Good morning, Robert. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, thank you. Um, whenever I think of Kobe, um, I always think of LA. I mean, all my I've lived up in Portland for now seven years, and every time I, you know, yesterday just thinking about all the memories, it, it just brought me back to all the positive moments I had in LA. Um, how much you meant to me. All I could think about, like every big. Kobe moment, I could just think of where I was, who I was with. Um, you know, I, I I could just think of my dad. I think of all my best friends. There was just so much joy that he brought to me, um, and I'll never, I could never thank him enough for that. Um, he's he's just the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, it is. And, it is weird. Like it's almost like a landmark moments you know what i mean like yeah. the 80 points the 81 points or whatever the the you know the the final shots buzzer beaters i mean you remember where each of these things were and it kind of it's almost like a guide in basketball at yeah. least for me yeah i don't remember the year that the lakers were playing portland mm -hmm. and it was a disastrous game but the lakers came back at the yeah. end game seven and my favorite play is from that and kobe is just making the assist to shaq and Shaq dunks it, and everybody goes crazy. And they're yeah. like, wow, we actually might be able to come back. I mean, yeah, I always remember the Shaq pointing up to yes. the, which we just found right out recently. We just found out recently he's pointing to Sharif O'Neal. He's pointing to his son, which yep. we didn't know. He just did that in an interview. All right, let's go to uh, Marin in Huntington Beach. Good morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on this morning. Of course. You know, I'm, I'm seven years older than Kobe, and I grew up around Huntington, and what people forget is that he's a prince charming around here. He met his wife when she was still in high school at Marina in Huntington. He took her to her senior prom when he was playing for the Lakers, if I remember right, mm -hmm. and he married her. And then they stayed local, and I've worked in, in South Orange County in the schools here, and I have countless Kobe stories from kids. I just meet him in sports and around town, and he was a golden light to this community. I, it's, it's hard to express 
how much he's going to be missed. I'm out of school, high school in Irvine right now. I work here. And it's just sad today. Everybody feels it. This was a community member that was so bright. He shined so bright for so long, it's hard to believe he's gone. Yeah, a lot of stories. I hope we can remember him that way. Yeah, a lot of stories popped up in the last two days about him. um, Very strangely, a, a lot of accidents. He would get out of his car. Uh, and help people who were in pretty serious accidents. And it, it's, a, it's a situation in Huntington Beach or, or at some certain light where people uh, sometimes run it and stuff. And it seems like he was very dialed in and always sort of helping the community there. So happy we got to hear from someone out there. Imagine, though, you're you're getting an accident and you look up and you what? Yeah, Kobe Bryant. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, am, am I, I hallucinating? Yeah, am I, am I, is, he, is this a vision? <laughs> so yeah. weird. All right, let's go to uh, Jose calling from Carson. Good morning, Jose. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, so um, I used to work at John Wayne Airport, uh, which is where his plane was at most of the time. Uh, excuse me, his helicopter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one time I wasn't really paying attention, but I'm walking through, you know, a lobby and I bump into somebody and I'm not really, you know, I wasn't paying attention. So I bump into this huge dude, like this huge of a man. And I'm looking up at him. I'm 5'8". I'm not that tall. I'm, you know. I'm not that I'm kind of average, but I'm like, I'm really looking up at this guy. Yeah. And at that moment, I'm like, is it Kobe? And I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to. And he was like, yeah, you know, no problem. And he just shook my hand. And I felt like a little kid, like him grabbing my hand just felt like a little, like I was a little kid. And he was like this big old dude. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, even the smallest bigger than with someone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's like even a, just a bump and a handshake. It's like this dude represented a lot more to L.A., uh, and and it's and and having his daughter involved in this crash, it just it's all so tragic and it feels surreal to most people. Yeah, yeah, takes a long time sort of to get through it in yeah. your mind. Uh, let's go to Andrew in Claremont. Good morning, Andrew. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I am not actually a Kobe fan or Laker fan, basketball fan, but uh, you can't deny what an athlete he was and what he did for the sports and his contributions to the community around him. Um, I think what resonated the most is that I have a 12-year-old daughter, and and it really shook me yesterday, realizing that we don't know how much time we have here, and we shouldn't take it for granted. And um, it's just tragic, tragic for his family and all the other families, too. It makes us realize that we should really, you know, know, enjoy what we have while we have it. Yeah, they started putting up all those pictures of him and video of him on the sideline with his daughter, and they're like, talking through the game and it looks like they're breaking it down i don't know if you saw this it was a meme going around that ties into this perfectly but it's it says leaving your home and coming back safely is such an underrated blessing that most of us take for granted that's true and i i morbidly thought to myself because i think this uh, every i like to say i love you to people that matter to me every day because i've lost people and it's just very important to me but my morbid thought was what if these families had a fight before they left. Yeah. What if somebody got mad about something so small before they left and this is their last memory? So it's just, it's a time to really take into consideration everyone in your life. Tomorrow isn't isn't guaranteed. No, even if you're Kobe Bryant. I even mean, if you're Kobe larger Bryant. Larger than life. It doesn't, it all sort of comes together for you in certain ways. It's very hard. Yeah, and I had said to some friends yesterday, I'm like, things that you're holding on to that ultimately don't matter... It's not serving you. Yeah. No. It's not serving that other person. Maybe we start working on being better people. Yes. 
Um, because of the passing, the Los An- all Los Angeles radio stations are going to do the same thing. They're going to run a minute eight, a minute of silence in tribute uh, to Kobe Bryant at 12 noon. So every single radio station in Los Angeles. Un- yeah, very difficult to put together considering yeah. everyone's from different companies and, and quote-unquote competition. But everyone, one minute, eight seconds at noon. This is Kevin in the Morning with Allie and Jensen. LANOC's Alternative Rock. Uh, right now, at 10 till each hour, we do... You did it. Yeah, I'll do it again. Right now, at no, 10 till... No, you know what? Leave Let it. it sit, man. Just leave it. The music started. Allie's got papers in front of her. But I don't know what I do at oh, 10 that's to true. the hour. That's true. You do have to talk. Right now, that's what's happening here. Okay, okay. No, that's what she says. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we talked about this last year when uh, they picked Alicia Keys to host the Grammys. None of us really knew what to expect. And then she did the show last year, and we all fell deeply in love with Alicia Keys. She has such a spirit about her, and she's so genuine, and she's so charming, and there's such a joy that comes out of every pore. She's just, you watch her, and you're like, that's goodness that is just goodness and i'll tell you this they couldn't have been luckier to have her as the host last night because common said it he said there's no one better to be hosting this than a woman that has so much heart and the way that i mean she was tasked with a very awful way to open a show because she has to bring light to the fact that this is the home that kobe built this is the staple center you're all thinking about kobe Before it was, you were all thinking about Nipsey because this is where he's from. This is where his funeral was. There were so many things tied in to just the location of Staples Center. And the way she handled the opening of the Grammys was, it was a beautiful thing. But to be honest with you, we're all feeling crazy sadness right now. Because Los Angeles, America... And the whole wide world lost a hero. And we're literally standing here heartbroken in the house that Kobe Bryant built. Right now, Kobe and his daughter Gianna and all of those that, are, that have been tragically lost today are in our spirit. They're in our hearts, they're in our prayers, they're in this building. And I would like to ask everybody to take a moment and just hold them inside of you. Hold them inside of you. And share our strength and our support with their families. We never imagined in a million years we'd have to start the show like this. Never, 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 never. That is so well said. I want Alicia Keys' phone number for whenever I'm going through something. That is the most calming voice that just... uh, She's such a beautiful human being. That is a hosting predicament that is a nightmare. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I'm sure they had a whole different... Cold open, yeah. Yeah, cold open like for a long, long time, and then all of a sudden... Switch it up. That's crazy. Yeah. It is a task no one wants, yeah. and she did an incredible job. I mean, because remember, they had to walk through the red carpet and all that stuff was kind of canceled mm-hmm. because there were tons of Kobe fans. Yeah. Uh, you know, con- they're coming down to Staples to-, to celebrate Kobe. It is a very hard thing to do, and she nailed it. Absolutely. Um, Boys to Men joined her on stage, and they did a rendition of It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. 
And it was just, it was the perfect it was, way it was perfectly to done. handle it. Yeah. Absolutely. And a big night uh, for our girl, Billie Eilish, who won the the big four, they're saying. Record of the year, album of the year, best new artist, and song of the year all went to Billie Eilish. And, and that was in the fifth hour of the show, so maybe you didn't stick around it, for it. It was. She also won uh, best pop vocal album as well. So five Grammys last night. And she's she was genuinely shocked every single time. And then it was, she's 18. Yeah. She was embarrassed. At, like, at one point, she was like, okay, uh, thank you. I get it. Please. Please stop She didn't this. know what now, to do, yeah. She didn't know what to do, and she was just lovely up there receiving those awards. Congratulations to her and, of course, Phineas, her brother. And when she said, she's like, you guys, we wrote this in our bedroom of our house that we grew up in. This yeah. shouldn't be happening. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, a lot of other K-Rock artists won as well. You didn't see it on the award ceremony. They were given their awards beforehand. But Best Alternative Music Album, Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. And Best Rock Album, Social Cues by Cage the Elephant. Love Excellent. it. Excellent. Of course, you can get the whole list of winners wherever you find lists of winners. <laughs> <laughs> Go we to, can't do everything for I you. I can't do everything, you guys. Come on. I don't on. care. Mm-hmm. You don't care? Ray J, you don't care? I don't care. All right. Mm-hmm. Weird. Um, Kevin. Yes. Is this story for you? Yes. Pop-Tarts oh. has teamed up with Good Humor to create Pop-Tarts brown sugar cinnamon bars. <gasps> Come on. Crunchy looking outside, much like the Good Humor creations, but instead of inside being strawberry shortcake, the crunchies are bits of brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts layered with vanilla ice cream and what appears to be cinnamon ice cream. <laughs> Kevin, I need it's that right Pop-Tarts now. made into ice cream flavors in an easily eaten Good Humor style bar. <gasps> You ready? Where is it available? I mean, check out Good Humor's website to see where they can be purchased. Oh, I have that as a bookmark. Do you That's have that? E- yeah, okay, easy. Yeah, he's looking <laughs> the it up Good right Humor now. website. Yeah, look, look it, it up, up wherever Real. they tell you where stuff is sold. Yeah, frequent site I go to. And then something uh, for Christine because she is a Jameson kind of gal. Mm-hmm. Jameson is releasing Jameson Cold Brew, a whiskey blended with the taste of cold brew coffee. Yes, please, get in my gullet. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. It's made to be enjoyed in an espresso martini or on its own poured directly into a glass of cold brew. That sounds really good, you guys. Drink it. That was also my ASMR. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> I guarantee you people did, yeah. Hey, how much would you pay for one of Frank Sinatra's four golden toilets? That is a great question I that really, I think about all the time. I have Let me check the Good Humor website. So often. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. His chairman suite at the Golden Nugget Hotel in Atlantic City has put these four gold top toilets up for auction. Okay. They were estimated to have cost up to $30,000 when new. Okay. So now I'm 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 buying a used toilet. You're buying a used Which, toilet. Which is there a market for that? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, oh, probably yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, definitely yeah. on eBay. Um, yeah. you, okay. Uh, Frank Sinatra's butt cheeks have been on this. Yeah, that's yeah, my, that's extra. why I'm not paying for that. Imagine oh. how much Elvis's goes for. That's oh, the one he died oh, on. Yeah. Um, it was thirty new. They're in good condition. Good condition, but mm-hmm. has been pooped in. Um, I will say they're going to go for hundred and twenty grand. Mm-hmm. I will say two fifty. 
$250? No, just $2.50. <laughs> Kevin, you're closer. <laughs> so way less than what they paid? Yes. Because it's been pooped and I should have thought of this. $4,000? <laughs> That's it? $30,000 went new, which was Quite a while Yeah, in- sure. inflation would have pushed it up. Guys, so, that's just sad. So basically, these people are just going to turn it in. They're going to melt it down. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's so but weird. That's sad. I know. Um, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> proves that poop and pee will lessen the value of anything. Which we didn't need to know was well, true. Now I mean, we know. I that assumed a, it was. Is that a thing? That I've we, always okay. thought it. Yeah, yeah. sure. But well, now it's true. Yeah, now it's science. I mean, it's always been true. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But true now to, it's True to me. Now it's for sure. It's written down. Happy birthday to Guillermo Rodriguez. You know him from Jimmy Kim Alive. Patton Oswalt, Alan Cumming, Keith Olbermann. All of you, happy day to you. And that's what's happening. Kevin in the morning with Ali and Jensen on K-Rock. L.A. and O.C.'s Alternative Rock. We welcome to the studios comedian Russell Peters. Yeah! Hey, guys. How are you, sir? Uh, you know, it's a... Uh, Perfect day. Perfect day to be a comedian. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm driving and I go... Do I really need to go? I mean, I think I, I, we we could reschedule this if you want, guys. I I really have no problem with that. We Russell, are happy walked, you're here. Yes. Russell walked in and said, uh, "You guys are really funny today. <laughs> one of your one of your funniest." Hey, I, was, I was like, "Man, you're hilarious this morning." <laughs> you, uh, the, you the levity in the room, guys. You live in Calabasas, I do. so the, basically right around that exit, right? It was uh, one exit after me. I mean, I could take that exit too, actually. Yeah. But yeah, it's right there. It's so weird. It's uh, it was trippy. Yeah, and I had just gotten home, maybe uh, five minutes, uh, five ten minutes after it happened. Mm. Mm. So I just knew that a helicopter went down. I didn't actually know what would happen. What yeah. happened? Yeah. And I could see the smoke, and I'm like, oh, that's no good. And I was thinking, oh, it's gonna be a brush fire now. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what you would think. And you you're wearing a, uh, a a sweatshirt that has been sort of it's the Raptors uh, logo that has been turned into your logo. It that seems. Is correct. Are you a basketball dude? I'm not at all. Oh, not into it. <laughs> not at all. But, um, but you're into hip-hop. They usually go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah, I mean, just I, mean, I see what you did there. You just connected black people. And that's, um, <laughs> um, listen, I just think, I listen, I'm both. I'm a huge hip-hop guy, and I love basketball. And he's black, so I, uh, it's What? Yep. Wait, what? I'm, I'm, yeah, no. I, mean, you know. I, I don't know if I, I, your body doesn't know about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a combat sports guy. I don't like team sports at all. So. Yeah, you're an MMA guy. Yeah, boxing and, boxing, and yeah. MMA, yeah. So I, you know, I'll, you know, I'll go for that side of it. Sure, <laughs> sure. He's Similar. like, it's just a sweatshirt, my- dude. Stop talking about my sweatshirt. Well, no, I did this just to sell it. Really, I yeah. was just trying to jump on the uh, Toronto. Uh, we, we won, you know, Toronto won. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I like how you said would- we. Well, I'm Canadian, you know, sure, and I'm from Toronto, so that's my, you know, if if I was a basketball fan, I would obviously have to support Toronto. Sure, sure. Is but- it because of Drake? Yes, that's the reason I do everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say that you don't support him. No, <laughs> no. I actually I really like Drake oh. as a person. He's a great kid. Yeah. As a former 13-year-old girl. <laughs> no, no, no. As a person, I've known the kid yeah. 11 years. He's, yeah. he's a really great kid. How did how how do you meet like Drake, like Drake, you guys both coming up in Toronto? Is it like he's like, you're famous. I'm going to be famous. Well, he, uh, you know, a lot of these young, these kids that came out. I'm, look, I've been doing this. You're not thing. old. You keep I'm, saying kids. Well, like, I'm you're... 50 years old. I mean, these. Oh, oh. Yeah. Sorry. These yeah, guys, are like, these guys, are, like, these guys are like 29 years old. They're younger than my career. <laughs> my career's 31, you know, so. Well, you know, they come up to me and they're like, oh, man, when I was making this album, I used to listen to you and watch you on YouTube. And I go, why don't you follow me on Instagram then? <laughs> or shout me out. I have a follow-up question a shout out, to Jensen's question, which is, how did you and Drake get me? Um, 
Which you never answered. Just I don't really know. It's through okay. a, a friend of mine did a movie with him, and then they were talking, and then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Russell's. And then he goes, yeah, he's one of my best friends, and then connected us. And then and then Drake and I ended up doing a movie together like uh, 10 years ago. And, uh, and then, you know, we see him around. He, we live in the same neighborhood, but, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, he's got security outside of his house, so I can't be like, um, I'm a friend from back home. You're going to have to trust me on that. Is Aubrey home? I'm, I'm here. Uh, you can watch the uh, comedy special, Russell Peters. Russell Peters. How's that working out for you? It's not, not good. First day with a mouth. Russell Peters. Russell P. Girls. <laughs> that's a very that, different video. That's a uh, wrong guy. Uh, I don't sing. Russell Peters uh, Deported is the name of the special on Amazon Prime. Uh, he is here in the world-famous K-Rock. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back. It's Kevin in the Morning with Ali and Jensen. K-Rock. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Russell Peters in the studio with us. Yes. Hey, guys. His new special was shot in Mumbai. Yes. Yeah, that's in uh, downtown India. <laughs> yes, I, I am. Downtown India. Uh, I, is it something that you're, you are a very global comedian. You, you travel tons internationally. But is that something you're nervous about? Things translating, the reaction from the crowd being different? I mean, you got to consider it. Yeah. But, I mean, you've also performed. I mean, I've also performed there in, in the past. And mm-hmm. I know what they're capable of as an audience. How is it different? Uh, it's not that different. They're pretty sharp. But I found that in that room that we shot it in, um, because it was a much bigger... It was, more, it was more of an arena type yeah, of place. Yeah, it was massive, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so some, I feel like some of the energy was getting lost in the top of the ceiling. And a lot of people, being Indian, they were trying to be respectful of the taping. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so they would laugh, but they wouldn't, like, really lose their stuff. Oh, there's it. no respectful of the taping here. <laughs> no, no, I know. I That's got, not a thing. Oh, man, I shot a special in 2006 in San Francisco. And on the second taping that night... Uh, they got hammered. The audience was hammered, and somebody puked while I was doing oh my set. Oh my god! And, oh, it got better. That? Then somebody got up to take the puking person out of the room and slipped and wiped out the puke. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, great! Here's some footage wow. we're not going to use." <laughs> it's difficult to beat that in humor, too. Uh, I, I I realized you did crowd work pretty early in the special, and I, like right I, away. That's what I do, and I, I wondered it, they react exactly how you want them to. Yeah, but is that the way it is worldwide? I mean, is, yeah, is every place is fine being? It everywhere it works i, mean, I would think me, there'd be some place where people just get angry what when you talk to them yeah well when you, when call you a guy, fun of you said you look like sperm to a dude because he was wearing all I white mean, he did he, he was did. in all he, white i mean it's accurate yeah i mean you know he was the fastest guy there <laughs> <laughs> well, but, like it does it ever turn into something nah. different no no you, you know i mean they could it look you could see the look in my eyes you could hear the tone in my voice it's yeah. not malicious yeah you know i'm you know where i'm going with this with plus everybody. they know they're going to a comedy show so yeah, they sure. sort of expect yeah. stuff like that to happen i assume except for on the first taping <laughs> The, the first night when we were taping, there was a guy in the front row, and I started talking to him. And I'm like, wow, this guy's kind of being a dick, right? Because <laughs> I'm, like, talking to him, and he's, like, giving me really short answers and, like, looking at me funny. And I'm like, you're in the front row, like, dead center. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, what's your name? He's like, huh? And I'm like, oh, come on. Don't be that guy. And then he pulls out his hearing no! aid. No! <laughs> and I go, nice. sorry, man. Sorry about that. My fault. <laughs> and I was like, and I literally said to him, I go... 
but you got the best seat in the house. <laughs> so we could see your lips. Apparently, probably. that was why. He needs it. Oh. So then I meet him after the show. Because uh, I did a little meet and greet, and then I meet him after the show, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm such a big fan." And I'm like, "Where? Tell your face. Where were you an hour ago? <laughs> what, when uh, I needed you, you were in the front row. Not that. Why didn't you tell the rest of your faces?" I, mean, <laughs> I love it. Well, now you have a very interesting background. You're doing boxing. No, you're no, doing I used to MMA box. stuff. Yeah, but I do jujitsu now. You all jujitsu? Are you a Gracie guy? I'm a Machado guy, which nice. is a Gracie yeah. cousin. They're all family. You also DJ. 35 years. Oh, wow. I mean, you do it all. Wait, you're, okay. you're like Hold a on. bastion. Toronto DJing. Yeah. Is this mean you like DJed hip hop or did uh-huh. you DJ parties and bar mitzvahs and stuff? Yeah, or that's both. what I was doing. I was No, I was I was you playing like hip hop. I was starting in 85. I was 15. I was wow. um, I was like I I, I was breakdancing and then it kind of ended and I was like, how am I still going to hear this music? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, only way I'm going to hear it is if I play it. So, I started buying like doubles of My first doubles was the Dougie Fresh uh, nice. Fresh Crew, the yeah. Lottie Don, the show. The so. show, yeah. You, f- you kept breakdancing alive. I did not. <laughs> Nicely I just done. kept the DJing part alive. <laughs> breakdancing, I'm so glad I'm not breakdancing now because these <laughs> oh, kids are insane. insane. Did it you was ha- just us with a piece of cardboard. Yeah, yeah we would then. do very simple things. Yeah. Like a windmill or a head spin was like the most impressive thing you could right. do back then. Now these guys have incorporated everything into one move. I don't know how they've done it. Yeah, they look like yeah. the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. uh, why didn't you ever rhyme? Why didn't you ever rap? Oh, I, I listen to my voice. Is this the kind of voice didn't you want to hear rapping? Me. Listen to that <laughs> voice. voice. Didn't stop me from doing it. Yeah, no, I listen. I sound ridiculous. I know what I sound like. I want to hear this guy rapping. I'd be like, get him. I, I, I already don't like my voice talking. Never mind rapping. Oh, I wish this was my inner monologue. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I just went full force. Uh, did, did you actually have a rapping career? That was signed Interscope. What was your name? It was Hot Carl. <laughs> yep. Yes, it was. I was a battle rapper, so it made sense at the time. Hot Carl? Yeah, it was like 2000. It was like when those jokes would work. It was like me and the Bloodhound Gang on Interscope. Yeah, I remember Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, you don't remember me. Hot <laughs> no, Carl. No. I just thought that was a move. And what yeah. ended your career? Hot I mean, a Carl. lot of stuff. Yeah, the name. <laughs> uh, I had songs with Red Man and Fabulous and, and DJ Quick and a bunch of guys you would have liked. Uh, and then... He's, you only named off one that I would have liked. <laughs> really? Red, Red Man? Man. Oh, Red Man, DJ yeah. Quick's great. You have to be... Hey, DJ Quick's a really nice guy. Yeah, and he's a good, great producer. Anyway, point <laughs> is, uh, it didn't work out. I'm not famous from rapping <laughs> at all, at all. Maybe, uh, maybe you change your name. Maybe you were telling me that Eminem came came along and it was it didn't like, help oh, me. that does not help. Did not help. No, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of us, Bubba Sparks, a lot of guys on Interscope were together, and we were like, oh, that's the end. Well, Bubba Sparks had like a a, a good song, and he had that a was it. You know? Yeah, Ugly was great. Yeah, and, and a great. Have you seen album. him now? He's like he's great like Diesel yeah, now, yeah, exactly. and he, he married like this really hot Universe, girl. Yeah. And yeah. oh my god, <laughs> quite a second life for Bubba Sparks. Every time I meet a chubby white guy, I call him Bubba Sparks or Haystack. <laughs> Haystack, good. I like it. Question about that for you: the beginning of the special talks about you gaining weight. I don't think you gain that much weight, dude. Well, you because you can't see it because I've lost. But you really were like you. I went up to two hundred and forty pounds. That would be big for you. Yeah, I'm only five eleven. Yeah. Yeah, no. I went up to 230 for the same reason. It was taking medication. Right. Yeah. 230. I'm at 175 now. Yeah. Right. But no, you wasn't I, taking it once you I, got I, on once it. Once I got on the yeah. medication, yeah. I started dropping the weight. What did yeah. you have? Um, I don't remember. Some kind of steroid or something. But it basically, Oh, you were on. They put you on that. Basically, they tell you, here's your medication. You're going to get fat. They gave you prednisone. There, yes. One That's of them. The one. That's oh, one yeah. of them, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, and there's I literally you nothing did, you can do. Where you went to the doctor and you're like, mm-hmm. why am I fat? I do that constantly. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling them it's my thyroid. And it keeps not being my thyroid. <laughs> well, and what, I think what it's is BS. It? It, is I'm it just your fat. mouth? Yeah. <laughs> I just keep eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's you're BS. not fat, though. I'm looking at Come you. Come on.
You're not fat. I could be better. I mean, we could all Everyone listen, could be listen, better. The, I, let's talk be about it off the air. <laughs> no, I mean, for like listen, hours. You're never going to be hot, Carl. But, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, that's that, a great point. It's beyond, please. One of your takeaways from uh, from being fat, mm-hmm. though, was that your head doesn't lose weight. I, my, can, so I can relate to that. Yeah, my head's finally <laughs> yeah. starting to lose some of it, but because she, uh, my doctor put me on different medication. Mm-hmm. She was like, this will help with your head. <laughs> <laughs> I and need I'm that like, medication. Girl. What's it called? Yeah. I need it. Your head's fine. you got a skinny please. head. Please. No, it's a, it's a large noggin. He has so a large I noggin. think it's all proportion with your face. It's like an ice cream cone, you know? Is that oh, what? for Kevin? That's great. For me, that's the ultimate down, but compliment. Then it goes yeah. up, you know, like yeah. like a two scooper. You, you do know? make <laughs> the you do make the mention that there is nothing to do. Like people, like I remember when Jonah Hill lost a bunch of weight originally. He still had kind of big Jonah Hill head. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do to sort of lessen well, your now head. Now I know there's a pill. Well, that's yeah. what you're saying. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I need it's, the it's name a thyroid medication. <laughs> I need but... to lessen my head. Hmm. I know. I wish I had it before the special. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I think you look good. I mean, that was the thing. I was like, he's doing this for comedy. He looks great. It was a I, I, I have suit. pictures. I'll show you a picture when I was much fatter. Huh. Um, this works really well on the radio. Let me tell you how good this is going to work on radio, guys. <laughs> um, who out there is driving and wants to see a picture of my big fat head? We'll tweet it at Kevin. <laughs> I, again, I thought I was watching it. I was like, this is like. This, he's just making this up. Yeah, never, that was that agreed. was when I he was much bigger. I was wow. much bigger. But there you were is. still doing MMA while that. No, that that's when I started jujitsu, mm-hmm. and then you know you cut to hey jujitsu made me lose weight. Well, yeah, lost right. <laughs> Wait, would you beat Kevin James? No, I, you know I I've never I heard Kevin James is a beast. That's what I've heard. I've heard he's a beast, dude. Do you want to challenge him here? No, <laughs> no, because I also heard he's not very nice when he rolls with you. Oh, really? He's like very, he doesn't hold any punches. By no, he does it. not. And wow. I'm, I'm I'm a jujitsu guy now. I mean, you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not boxing anymore. I'm not trying to get punched in the face anymore. Either, so. <laughs> who's your MMA? Who's your MMA guy? Who do you? I've rolled with Joe Rogan before. Yeah, and he. It's like rolling with a gorilla. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like rolling with a silver. The monster. And he's a black belt, and I'm a blue belt. So there's a there's a. How, how much difference is that? Um, I'm a blue belt with some stripes, so I'm like about two and a half belts behind him. Okay. Oh wow. But I also am about 17 years behind him, so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as far as experience goes. Do you then so. eat elk after? Um, I have asked him for elk. Yeah. He promised DMT. me elk, and yeah. um, he's not... He has promised me elk. He's promised me <laughs> elk. He's promised me elk. He says, I've got a freezer full. Come and grab my meat. And I said, I don't know if this is elk or not. <laughs> All right. Russell uh, Peters is in the studio with us. Let's, do we have Why are you see? struggling with my name, Kevin? It's a hard name. You know, it's, my, just, it's my, one of those really ethnic names. My word... <laughs> <laughs> My word box isn't working, whatever you call that. Uh, do we have time for 60 seconds? Yeah, I'll call you Hot Carl <laughs> Thank if you, you. want. Yeah. We're going to do something called 60 seconds. Just okay. top of mind, I whatever. I call that sex. Oh. <laughs> mm. Sorry. Um, <laughs> if you could join the cast of any TV show, past or present, which would you choose? Good times. Is a hot dog a sandwich? It is beautiful. Do you think it's weird that Tarzan has no beard? It is, it is, it is strange. If animals could talk, which one would be the biggest a-hole? Probably a, a chimpanzee. If you could be any animal, what would you be? I probably would want to be that chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> Creepiest thing you could say to a stranger that you pass in the street? Um, 60 seconds is about my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> Twizzlers or red vines? Twizzlers. Dog kisses on the mouth, yes or no? Hell to them, no. What was your first job? Um, KFC. Oh, wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You can only bring one album to a deserted island. Which one? 
Hmm. Can it be like a greatest hits? Sure. Steely Dan's greatest hits. Oh. Did not expect a Steely wow. Dan answer. Not at all. Nope. 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 Okay. You can only eat one food for the rest of your life. What Pizza. would it be? Really? Pizza is a great okay. choice, yeah. Would you rather be friends with a guy named Chuck or a guy named Guy? Chuck. Same. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. I, the only I, have one two, that's... I have two Chucks in my life. Yeah. You do? Chuck Zito and Chuck Liddell. Both... There you go. Oh, two guys go. again that could beat my ass. Right? This well, is they insane. Could beat yeah. mine, too. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Don't boy. feel bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, check out Thank the... you. <laughs> I he goes by, by that, not, not Carl. Yes. <laughs> check out the comedy special. It's Russell Peters Deported. It's on Amazon Prime right now, and then he's going to be playing um, Thursday, February 20th, 21st, and 22nd uh, locally mm-hmm. at the Brea Improv. So Brea you can Improv. check him out then. Nice. Russell, thanks for coming in. We appreciate thanks. it. Thanks, thanks you. guys. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Kevin in the Morning with Allie and Jensen. Carol Q. K-Rock. Um, the Kobe thing is pretty much all anyone can talk yeah. or think, think or talk Hard about. Hard to do anything else. Matt Money Smith joins us now. Good morning, Matt. Hey, what's happening, Kev? Hey, Ali. Hey, Jensen. Hey. hey. What years did you do the Lakers, the pregame, the halftime? Uh, I did 05 to 09. 05 to 09. Got it. Yeah, so I did the um, the first, you know, I was kind of part of that, you know, sort of redemption tour for Kobe, right? Um, and it culminated with the trip to the finals in 08. They lost to the Celtics, went right back in 09 and won. And uh, my last Basically, you know, my my last duty as a, a Laker uh, radio host was interviewing Kobe about uh, 90 minutes after he won that title, fulfilled all of his media obligations. Um, and I think it just kind of spoke to, you know, how, how good he was with the media um, that everyone was telling him, come on, let's get out of here, get back to the hotel. There's a huge party, you know, with everybody waiting for us. And uh, he, on his own volition, um, came out and just kind of sat and said, no, i gotta got to do Laker line with, with Matt and, you know, kind of talk to all the people because I think he used to listen on the way home. And um, people were trying to pull him away uh, for probably like 15 minutes. And uh, I'd say he probably 10, 15 minutes he just sat and, and chatted about what it meant and, and how important this championship was and, and kind of how much he appreciated the fans because that was sort of, you know, the fans' connection to the Lakers. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, my last my last bit of interaction with him as an official, you know, sort of Lakers employee. Matt, what what is it you think the city – what what is it that makes it so devastating? Because obviously having these family members and but there is something different about Kobe Bryant. There's something that defines our city beyond basketball. Beyond, I mean, we grew up with him obviously coming out of high school straight to the Lakers and never leaving our team. But what is it? What what is the specialness? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah I think you just said it, Jensen. We were, you know the city raised him. You know he, when he was drafted, he was 17. Hmm. You know his parents had to co-sign the contract because he wasn't an adult yet. Um, so I, I think that's why, you know, you, you, you raise a child and, and anybody that's a parent knows, you know, you take them for, you know, for their, for their greats and, and for their flaws, um, for the, for the highs and the lows and boy, did Kobe have a lot of those, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was a roller coaster. And I think that's why the city, you know, had that special relationship with him is, is we lived through those lows and, you know, those ardent Kobe supporters, he became a bit of a polarizing figure, just defended him relentlessly like he was a child. Yeah. Um, and, and I think to see him, you know, go from a 17 year old to a 41 year old with four kids and finish his Laker career. And now, you know, kind of get out in the open as a, as a parent, anybody that's on that travel circuit would see him out at the volleyball games, at the basketball games, just like, and I think that's kind of what made him relatable, right? Is he didn't leave, he didn't hide. He was out there. Um, and you would always hear, oh yeah, you know, I was at the, I was at whatever momentous. And I saw Kobe out there. Uh, he was out there with his daughter watching volleyball. And I think that's kind of just became an Angelino, you know, and, and I think everybody was excited about that prospect moving forward. Yeah. What do you think most people don't 
realize about Kobe? Because I've never, you know, had anyone that knows him. Is there anything? Well, that- I didn't really know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't know him that well. I had a professional relationship with him. But I think what what was different about him, um, and, and there are other athletes out there, you know, I, uh, obviously the Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods comparisons are, are apt. But I think it's because so often, and I think this goes for anyone, whatever sort of, you know, whatever your profession is, um, if you're very talented at it, oftentimes you just lean on that talent um, or you lean on the opportunity and you're content with what it gives you. Um, but Kobe was never content. You know, he, he was one of the most talented basketball players to have ever walked this earth. And yet he worked as though he had to fight for every minute to stay in the NBA. And I think that's so rare, right? To have that sort of determination, like, Hey, I'm, I'm better than everybody or, or 99.9. Yeah, he was gifted. He was gifted just when he stepped on the court. Yeah. Right. But he just busted his ass harder than anyone. And it's like, Hey, not only am I better than you, but I'm outwork you. And that, you know, that does not happen a lot. Um, you know, too often you hear stories about people that, you know, oh boy, can you only imagine if he would have applied himself or if he would have worked harder, if he would have stayed in shape or yeah. if he would have focused more, if he would have not done this off the court. Yeah. You know, Kobe was, was completely committed to winning every single title and every single individual accolade every single year. I think that's what kind of rubs some people the wrong way is it was that commitment uh, and that just sort of, you know, assassin-like approach um, that some people were uncomfortable with. And, and I think it's almost what made him, you know, more relatable. The video that's going around right now is of him walking off the court with a blown Achilles. Uh, as as someone who's around basketball and sports a lot, how impossible is that? I watch it and I I, I don't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, I think it's um, I, I think it just spoke to the, you know he knew that if he didn't take those free throws, he wasn't going to be able to come back in the game. And I think almost I think part of it was denial, right? Like, oh no, if I if I just get to the free, and that's just how he operated, right? Yeah. Like, you know, they're down fifteen and there's thirty seconds left, and he's thinking, okay, well, if I make a three and steal and three and steal, we'll win this game. And okay. I think that just spoke to that, like, well, if I don't take these free throws, I can't come back into the game. And if I can't come back into the game, then maybe I'm gonna walk off, and they're gonna tell me I got a torn Achilles, and that means I'm not gonna play in the playoffs this year. Yeah. And and I think it was just kind of him trying to fight what he knew was going on in his body and like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay. And finally, I think Gary Vita came over and said, Hey man, we, we got to go. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, that just sort of heart of a champion. Hey, you're, no one's going to help me off. Uh, I'm going to walk off, you know, as much, as much pain as this is, I'm going to, I'm just going to walk off the court and, you know, probably accepting his fate. Yeah. What did you know about Gigi, Matt? What did you know about, I mean, it seems that people talk about yeah. her being possible WNBA down the road or whatever, you know, he, yeah, I just know what you know. Um, I, I never really had a chance to spend much time. All, all I'll say is, like, the, the extent of, of my interaction there is just seeing him a couple times. Um, my middle daughter played volleyball on the travel circuit, and his oldest daughter plays. And, um, you know, when they played Sage Hills, he was there uh, cheering like any dead. You know, not not walking the hallways, not hiding from people, not looking at his phone, but just sitting there and, and getting excited about points and her playing. Um, and that's kind of from everybody I've heard that's come across him and seen him out. Um, that that's how committed he was to those kids that, you know, he, he wasn't just gonna, you know, throw a check at it, hire a coach and, and say, all right, well, here you go. Good luck. He was, he was in the middle of, I mean, he started these, you know, the Mamba Academy thing is, is for people, you know, I think it's being mentioned because that's where they were headed to, um, you know, when the, when the helicopter crashed, but, you know, he started a volleyball club, he started a basketball club, um, for his kids, like, Hey, if you want to do this, all right, well, let's do it and we'll do it together. And I'll start a team and you find your friends. And, you know, I'll, I'll take on a lot of the expenses and we'll try to make it the best, you know, darn volleyball, girls volleyball and girls basketball academy in the world. And let's go dominate like I did. And, and I think that just kind of speaks to what kind of, you know, again, from the outside and just from second and third hand, you know, what kind of what kind of parent he was.
Um, talk about as a parent. You have a daughter, daughters. I do. Rhea. I can't imagine being able to go on. No, no, and that's you know the, the sad thing is, and I'm not. I, I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, but when I, you know, when I got the news, it was the first thing that went through my mind was, oh my gosh, I remember these Sunday mornings and and going to these tournaments. And the first thing that I kind of thought of was, I hope it's not kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a multiplier for the tragedy. You know that you have all these kids on there that were going to one of these games. That you know, any parent that has kids playing sports knows. You know, Saturdays and Sundays they used to be for us waking up and drinking beers and <laughs> watching football. And when you have kids and and you know you want to be involved and you want to be part of their lives in that world, that's what you do from. 6 a.m. until 3 or 4 p.m. You're you're in these giant gyms where you can you can't even hear yourself think. It's just yeah. whistles and screams and parents yelling and and um, it's it just it just you know I don't know I just had this terrible pit in my stomach thinking that that's what it was that there were kids on that plane that, that helicopter feeling and, for uh, Vanessa obviously too yes. right I mean Vanessa's uh, has not had I mean, it you know, has got, not had it easy yeah no no I mean you know you've got you've got three sisters a seven month old that'll never know her father. Um, and a wife that, you know, look, Kobe was rough, man. He was rough around the edges yeah, he uh, when he played. And, and I think you started to see it soften. Um, very, you know, you, you, you kind of get rid of that competitiveness. And I think this, you know, Bill Plaster wrote a great, great column. You know, he was able to get him right before LeBron passed him in points on Saturday. And, you know, it was just, it was so not Kobe to hear him say, man, I'm good. LeBron's yeah. going to pass me and, and he's a Laker now and he's not part of the family. And, and he even acknowledged, he's like, look, you know, I've, I've kind of realized that that, that part of me has gone, yeah. you know, and, and it was like, he was almost at peace with it um, for someone who was never at peace with it. Yeah. You know, if you, if you had the, if there was the tiniest slight um, shot, his direction, he was coming back with haymakers. And I think to see him acknowledge, Hey, he's this, this guy is one of the greatest and he's going to go down as one of the greatest. And I want him to hang those banners and I want him to pass me and I want him to do great things because he's not part of the Laker family. will be part of that. It's just not Kobe. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think, you know, and, and I and I want to believe, and I and I do believe. I think just because we all change when we become parents and we get into com- the competitive sports world with our kids, you do kind of recognize, hey, I just want everyone to succeed. I don't care. You know, these are kids out there, and and I want them to do great things, um, regardless of what team or what what sport you know or who they're playing for. It's just uh, there's something about sports that that brings us, you know, to not to not to try to get too preachy or sound stupid, but you no, know, but I think it, that's it does mean a lot to, to recognize. You know, yeah. I think maybe just hey, sports is is something that brings people together. Why, why use it to, to create divisions yeah. when, you know, you don't need to, you don't have to be team LeBron or team Kobe. You can just be team Lakers and, and let's just kind of get behind the team as a city, no matter who's wearing the Jersey. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt money Smith. Also the Petros and money show on AM five seventy. What are you doing today? Money today? Well, you know, I think today is, you know, it's sad because, you know, Justin Turner is one of the great Angelinos born and raised here, a great mm-hmm. Dodger captain of the Dodgers, even though they don't name us as, as the official captain, he's the leader of that team. And, you know, he's got his own foundation and, uh, he's built two houses and he gets homeless vets off the streets. Uh, he's got a woman toss and a man toss and today's his big golf tournament. And he raises a bunch of money every year. Um, he sponsors our veterans radio thon. And I think this year we did almost 200,000 bucks. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and this is another part of that. And I think it just speaks to kind of, you know, what athletes mean in this, in this city. And, you know, Justin's part of that. And, and, you know, he and Kobe had a relationship because they were elite athletes in the city and they were determined to get back to the city. And, uh, it's normally a day of celebration where you're having a good time. And there's a, a bunch of folks, you know, big name, you know, athletic celebrities and celebrities in general running around. Gretzky always comes out. And, yeah. Um, unfortunately today it's, you know, it's going to be a lot of reflection 
Um, but I think, again, it just kind of speaks to how important athletes are to this, this community and what they do to give back. And I think Kobe was going to be a big part of that, you know, in the second phase of his life, his non-playing life. And unfortunately, we, you know, and, and obviously most importantly, his family were robbed of that. Yeah. It's uh, difficult to talk about. It's a subject that's difficult to talk about. But thank you for doing it, Matt. We appreciate your yeah. time. Yeah, you got it. Anytime, guys. Thank you. K-Rock, L.A. and O.C.'s Alternative Rock. Kevin in the Morning with Ali and Jensen. Carol QFM. Time for one last look at what's happening. I was thrilled to find out that um, almost all the movies um, that could possibly be in the top ten, Kevin saw this oh, weekend. Oh, yeah. No, I saw uh, the number one I saw last weekend. But go ahead. A Bad Boys for Life yes. you saw last weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay, when did you see 1917? Um, I don't remember. Okay, maybe the weekend before. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the gentleman you saw this weekend. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Doolittle, you've seen five times. I have not seen Doolittle every weekend for the past five weekends. That doesn't look great. No, (laughs) no, it doesn't look great. No. Here's the thing: Sony's Bad Boys for Life, starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, and Oscar contender 1917, 19 what? Mm -hmm. Seventeen. Both surge past the one hundred million dollar mark at the box office, becoming. 2020's first films to reach that landmark. And of course, that also has to do with top 10 of the box office. Number one, Bad Boys for Life. Number two, 1917. Number three, Doolittle. Four, The Gentleman. Which we were told by the movie man that um, it was basically a throwback to all of Guy Ritchie's early great stuff. Yeah, it was. It was and you felt that. Very much so, yeah. It was great. It was good. Were Excellent. you able to understand everything? Because a lot of old Guy Ritchie Not, stuff, I don't understand what they're no, saying. No, the, the because accents, of the yeah. because of the time differences that where you go flashbacks and forward and stuff. It's sometimes it is difficult. What but. about dialogue? Because sometimes his dialogue's hard. He to means understand. that. Oh, like, yeah. the dialogue accents. you could understand yeah. okay, pretty well. Because yeah. I, I, that's a subtitle guy for me, Guy Ritchie. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, put the subtitles on. Well, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, definitely. That yeah. one, like, you can't snatch, understand a snatch, single I, word. I understand Same. six or seven words in Snatch. Same. I have to depend on all the visuals. I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. <laughs> I can't really know. <laughs> really? Well, for reals, no joke. I don't really know much of what's said in Snatch, so I had to watch it with subtitles. And now I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. <laughs> True. Amazing. Do you guys watch movies with subtitles? Never. Oh, I always do. No. Always. I have friends. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. Peaky Blinders. I have friends that can't watch Peaky Blinders because they don't understand what they're saying. So now they watch it with subtitles. I don't understand that. I, I get do it in almost every word. I do it in, in movies with just pure English. It doesn't have to be an accent really? or anything. Yeah. I have bad hearing. So it's like, it's just a dream. You know, you can turn it up. I, honestly, I'd rather just read it. Oh, yeah. we are so. I don't want to read a movie. I don't want to read ever. That if there's a movie, <laughs> but if there's a movie with subtitles, like you both loved Parasite so much, loved it to the point where you're like, Allie, it, just watch it. It's amazing. Loved it. I'm honestly dreading sitting down and watching it because I know I won't be able to focus because I will just be like. Oh, look at my curtain, the way it's swaying right there. Like, I just can't focus if I have to read. That's true of me, too, but it kept me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I will say it does ruin some visuals for me because Mm -hmm. I'm watching the reading. You know, I'm reading rather than watching all the scenes. But it's just better for me for hearing and understanding everything that's being said. Yeah. I watch probably 80% of movies at home with subtitles. Yeah. Now you know why I collect Blu-rays. <laughs> Just because I need that ca- close caption. And no one will go to the movie with you. Yeah. What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> will you write oh. down what he's saying and then hand it to me? <laughs> Throughout the whole movie, write it down. It's all making sense now. Mm-hmm. Don't you hate, though, when you read ahead? Yeah, and you don't hear and the then whole you don't hear I know, them Sometimes you don't it. hear full line read. I know yeah. I'm, I'm an issue here, but I it, it, it makes me able. And I'm also like a, I'm a writer, so it's uh, that's really what I'm focusing on. Sure. And, it makes make sure I can hear everything. I mean, anything that you have to tell yourself. 
I'm just yelling at my wife. Write faster. Her pen is smoking. It's like, oh, God. No, she's not a big movie person. Will she watch movies with you? Yeah, but we'll put the subtitles on. And she's like, yeah, I like that. We're both into that. So she can sort of, oh, she's into it too? Yeah, yeah. Don't I like, thought she just put up with it. No, no, no. I thought oh. she's into it. It's better that than turning it louder for either of us. All right. You're one step away from get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think you're I like an away. old man. Why I not am. just use headphones? That is, my dad used to do that. So this is a hand-me-down. Um, oh, no. I would do, I would do uh, you know, wireless okay. and sit on the couch. But right? I think I haven't, I haven't went fully there yet. Oh, you're close. You should, I know I'm very you close. Are you should real close. go there fully. But yeah. Well, me, me and Danielle just sitting with our headphones on. <laughs> Good movie, right? What? Good movie. You reading? I'm what? reading. Good read. Adler snuck out hours yeah. ago. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, my parents don't even hear well. No. It's awesome. So Ewan McGregor is addressing recent reports that have claimed his Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Disney Plus is dead in the water. He says not so. He and director Deborah Chow are countering the reports and saying the series has just been pushed back over scripts. Calm down, everybody. Mm-hmm. Here's his quote. It's not been put on hold. It's just been pushed back a little bit. The scripts are excellent, and they just want them better. So we just pushed it back. But it's not... It's very dramatic. It would seem online. There's all sorts of S online about it. But it's only slid back a bit. Guys, the script is excellent. They just want it better. Yeah. I don't don't know if I believe <laughs> that. Mm, too late. Trolls it, are in motion. It is crazy though that everybody sort of inside baseball on entertainment and on yeah. movies and yeah. if a movie's pushed back it usually means it's bad yeah. yeah you know yeah there's no pushback when it's too good yeah. right <laughs> too good push it back he said we're still shooting it i think it will still be aired when it was meant to be and i'm really excited about it it's it'll be fun to play again I want to see that. I want to see him back, Obi Wan Kenobi. I would like to see it. I'm with that lady. Um, right I there. do. Th- I do think Star Wars has a bit of a history right now from firing directors and etc. So that yeah. I think people just see where you know where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. about uh, Disney developing a lifelike remake of Bambi? Like they did Lion King. Yeah. I don't care. The film will employ the same photorealistic CGI used on Disney's remakes of The Jungle Book and Lion King to tell the story of the fawn who befriends a rabbit and a skunk before coping with the death of his mother at the hands of a hunter. I don't need that more realistic, no, is I've, what I'm saying. I've never hoped that I need that at all. It yeah. traumatized me as a kid. Do I need it looking more realistic? Like, honey, here's the part where, yeah, mom. <laughs> uh, oh, there's blood now. That's just. You guys, I don't know. I never, I don't need to see it. I mean, I'll still watch it. Because <laughs> as we know, I watch movies to cry. Sure. We discussed this. Did you watch Lion King, uh, the live action one? Yeah. It was really, it really made a difference. Yeah. Really? Yes. But it was the same movie. Yes. Yeah, right. but it looked 100% different. It looked like, it literally looked like there were real lions, but then you're like, oh no, they're they're kind of cartoony. Mm-hmm. It was confusing. I mean, it made, didn't that one make a billion dollars? Yes. Yeah. And everyone oh, yeah. knew the story, the entire <laughs> oh, yeah. story. Yeah. Going all into the it. songs. Yeah. They yeah. Like everything. all of a sudden, Scar's cool. <laughs> like he's a nice uncle. No, yeah. it's no. the same movie, but it looked different yeah. and it felt different. That would be funny if, like, they'd change things to be more updated and Scar's like, this is lit, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not positive that would be great. They check their iPhones. I hate Scar so much. So sad, guys. Um, 
Have you ever thought about bringing a dummy into your car so you can ride in the carpool lane? Of course. Yeah. Is is Adler, is my child a carpool? If it's me and him? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. I've never asked him. Don't you put your kid in the back? (laughs) (laughs) It's just in the back. Yeah. He has to be in the back. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. You put him in the back. Yeah. yeah. What if I? What if I found out? What, what are you talking about? No, I see him seatbelt right in the front. He changes the radio. No, you can have a carpool can be in the back, like an yeah. Uber, or anything right. like that. Yeah, as long as it's more than one person. But it cannot be a plastic skeleton in the oh. passenger seat hmm. that's wearing a hat and covered in tattered cloth. <laughs> the Arizona Department of Public Safety tweeted out this picture. You guys, a 62-year-old driver was cited for HOV and window tinting violations. And that's who was sitting next to him. He was buckled in. So I say, let's give him maybe a pass on that. Maybe just make it a fix-it ticket for the tinting. You see this story about once every two years. All the time. (laughs) All the time. And I mean, who's to say what's real to some people and what's not? No. (laughs) No. Nope. I just if I, he's not real, I who have I been that. talking to? Like Lars and the real girl. Yeah. What if what if he he brought her and she was in the front seat? Mm-hmm. No, still no. Or what about all the women that are pregnant? Can't they be like, listen, there's two there's I'm two making in here. one right now. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know how that works. I mean, let's uh we'll work give on a call. That. No, right please now don't. We're you, leaving. No? We're leaving. Okay. Just trying to help out, you guys. Mm-mm. Hey, if you're Channing Tatum. Yes. And you break up with Jesse J or she breaks up with you, whatever, you take a break. Now you're back together. Mm-hmm. You know what you don't want? You don't want trolls on your Instagram slamming her every chance they get. Mm-hmm. Like some people writing, Jenna looks better with you. A reference to His Channing ex-wife. Tatum's ex-wife of nine years, Jenna Dewan. Mm-hmm. That, no, no, don't do that. Bad. What is wrong with you people? So he wrote down... Ain't nobody more stunning and beautiful to look at than Jesse. I don't usually address S like this, but you seem as good of a terrible of you seem as good of a terrible, happy, people hating, thoughtless person as Whoa. any of them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you seriously think about what you're doing? It's hurtful and I ain't about it. I'm screaming. He then of course had to come back and say and by saying nobody's better looking, that's also not a slight on my ex-wife, who's also beautiful. Wow. Like he had to like then go overboard and like, stop it. Channing Tatum is not your friend. He doesn't want to hear about his ex-wife on his page. Stop writing personal things to celebrities and trying to. It's disgusting. That does seem super odd. You're it's creepy, stupid. people. Yeah, I don't like it. I've had enough of it. <laughs> Thank you for understanding. Guys, some birthdays for you. Alan Cumming, Patton Oswalt, Keith Olbermann, and Guillermo Rodriguez from the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Happy birthday to all of you, and that's what's happening. Thanks, Alan. You drive home today, listen to Stryker and Klein's commercial-free 5 p.m. hour. A random My name act is of- Jim. I am homeless. A random <laughs> act of helpfulness in the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. <laughs> That guy was magical <laughs> today. Was great. Uh, tomorrow morning, Jensen's Rank Bank. Yes. Allie, Dream Interpreter. Oh. And we will continue to give you tickets to see the Lumineers at Staples Center on Friday, August 21st. You also qualify to see them again at Lollapalooza in Brazil. Did I mention that too many times today, do you think? No, I think um, you did all right. I did great. <laughs> but also, while we're talking about things, uh, after the sad news of the uh, the death of Kobe Bryant, an L.A. sporting legend, uh, all Los Angeles radio stations, if you can believe it, on the AM and FM dial, have teamed up to run a one minute and eight second uh, silence uh, across the board. So no matter what station you're on, there will be a silence in his memory 
uh, on all commercial stations in LA simultaneously. So that's unbelievable. And, and Kevin, you've been in, in LA radio for 30 years. Yeah. You said this has happened, what, two, three times yeah. total? Maybe 9 11. I mean, like, does just doesn't ever happen. Right. Sorry. He just knocked the mic over. <laughs> he was so, he was it just so surprised. Happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's an amazing, uh, amazing tribute to a, a sports icon. And I think we want to end today's show by playing Kobe yeah. talking about his retirement. Man! You know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stayed together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew, knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years. Because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff. And we got our championships. And we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> The thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball, and on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart, and uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And, uh, Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. It's Kevin in the Morning with Allie and Jensen. Carol QFM. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.